Welcome back to The Last Choice TV Reviews, where we're going over HBO's new hit show, House of the Dragon. We are now up to episode eight, and this episode is called The Lord of the Tides. James, so we had to do both of these together, uh, kind of back to back, so uh, you were holding your tongue in the last episode, which kind of answers some questions that we have um, from that episode in this episode. What were your your overall feelings of episode eight here, Lord of the Tides? Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it brought some classic Game of Thrones feels to to the series. Finally, uh, there's there are some things I really don't like, and we can get into that too. Um, the 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 first one is I kind of like this show. I don't know how you're feeling, but the time jumps are killing me. Because instead of and I and and part of me is like, well, I'm so glad we didn't drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. But you start to like these characters in there, you, you realize that they don't have much time left. I think we're like 31 years or something from the first prologue to now, and eight episodes. I think that's pretty crazy. Um, one thing I did want to clear up: I I had a dream about this. Crazy enough, um, we talked about you talked last episode about two different theories on whether or not Damon and Rhaenyra knew that he was alive when he escaped, Lenore. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I have a way to prove that they definitely knew that he was alive. Okay. Because Damon kills that innocent guard, and that's the body that they used to burn. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I feel had happened as well when I went back and watched it the second time. But I think it's still... You still have the thought process that he could come back at at some point in time, even even though they had this planned, um, you know, he may decide that he wants to come back and ruin this plan at some point, even you know, with them you, knowing. And, and it makes it makes sense because what did you say last episode? You have yet to meet a male. That doesn't want this, some form of power. That doesn't in this. want some form of power. Yeah, and so even if it's I can not power, see where, his, where his lover gets killed or something, and then he decides he wants to come back. Well, I think it's also honor. You 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 start to look at Lenore as a very honorable man, and Damon just you know we'll get into like what Damon does in this current episode. Yeah. Think if that gets back to him. Think if stuff stuff like that around his family uh, gets back to it. So yeah, true. It, there, there's there's an honorableness that he has to his family that he he obviously adored his sister and loves his mother. I think him and his father never saw eye to eye because of his lifestyle choices. But, but that keep in mind, his father is off fighting again right now, which is what he yeah. loves to do, and it has been six years. So you got to imagine he's he's got some way to keep tabs, or somebody's getting word to him. I, I so, can definitely yeah, see him we, coming back to finish the fight for his father or something. I mean, because like the fight is, again, it's in the Stepstones, which is, yeah. is part of the Free Cities at that point. So that gets us into where we start. We've jumped now six years into the future. And and I I I like the time jumps. I'm I'm fine with them. I think it it's... Will you not I don't be think sad they did to see as, this cast of characters done no i'm not because i think you have to you have to progress a story and when the story is over 300 years you you're not gonna get this it's not game of thrones yeah this is this and in game of thrones 
we were all talking about the exact opposite of like one season took place on a boat the entire season yeah like i said i just just, just, i'm just sad to not like i see the end of this cast of characters very soon and it's kind of like okay but in Game of Thrones, in Game of Thrones, your end, all you're worried about is like, when is this character going to die? Yeah, that's true. You know, so you, I guess you, it's, it's kind of each, each side. Yeah, it's it's yes, we are progressing through their lives, and you exactly. you like the certain character that you have, but you have a a a little bit of time with them, and I think that allows for them to have these amazing performances. Because you don't, you're always going to remember them at the top of what they were. You're never going to get to the point to where it gets so drawn out that you you look back at it and you're like, well, they were good in the first couple of seasons and that season it wasn't that great. Or there's an entire season where the character's not even in it at different places. Like they're moving through this pacing and I do like the pace that we're going through. I didn't think we were going to go as fast. Yeah. And in, in this one, I thought we were going to get a little bit more, but I mean, we're into the story and it is pacing with with the book. Um, so I'm glad that they're doing that. I think you do. It is a different type of story. This is I don't know of any other show where you're I mean, you're getting essentially three different casts. The adults, yeah. the, the current adults have always been the same. The adults from the beginning are the same all the way through as they're getting older, but the kids who are obviously going to be the main characters in this. And I think that's the part that you're going to get season two, three, four, as we get into this, you're, you're realizing that this is just the, the, the prelogue to tell you about this story that's about to happen. Yeah. It's and almost like, it's it almost like they, I, I can see where you're coming from. Cause it's almost like they were like, Okay, we could start the story here, or we could start the story here, have more of a prologue instead of people going, Well, I wish we could go back and see how Viserys ruled. Like Yeah, I mean you could start it, you could just start more, it with the conflict with the kids right? we're but, getting into. Like you could yeah, just go so conflict with the kids, but you're getting some more story here and you're laying out and you're uh, and and it's making you care and it's also flip in my mind flip-flopping me back and forth on who i care about because one episode Almost i care episode, about one yeah. side the other care the other side i'm i'm with the uh, with the other side like i'm going green black green black green black like i don't know which side i care about i just know i don't like auto like at the end of the day i know one character i don't like so or auto yeah you did like him for about half a second in one episode i liked him i i liked the actor i was like oh i know this actor i like him and then he spoke and i didn't like him anymore and then it was over from there um but you know what that's a tribute to his acting right the that is he- I, I i love the actor he's playing this character phenomenally as as we go through so we're six years ahead and we have the sea snake's brother and he's talking to uh the queen about the fact that Coralis has been well the uh, queen in in driftmark the queen in driftmark yeah so the queen that never was is now sitting as the queen of driftmark because Coralis is off fighting in the stepstones again they, this stepstone keep rising up like they just 
they don't leave anyone here and they just let people continue to fight yeah, over their, this main their border trade patrol route. is not very good yeah it's like this is a main <laughs> trade route that obviously we care about so why just put somebody there do something but anyway um we need a reason for them to go off and fight and i guess this is the one that we have so mm-hmm. Coralis was um seriously wounded uh like cut in the throat fell overboard off the boat and we're having if there isn't one theme through this entire series the theme is succession like what is the succession gonna be and it's always been what is the succession of Viserys gonna be and now we're looking at what is the succession of Driftmark going to be? Because technically, as of right now, and what we learned from uh, Corliss in the last episode, when he was talking to his grandson, Luke, I believe, um, he wanted Luke to take over Driftmark because he's Lenore's son. But now, at the end, Lenore is killed, and... Uh, Viser- or, um, Coralus's brother is very adamant about the fact that these children um, are not back v- to the blood, the Valyrian blood, and he and, and he's also the one that gave that speech. When- yeah, he gave this speech during the funeral, uh, staring directly at them about the line shouldn't be thinned, and he he's he's not happy about it. So. They're having basically the conversation of whether or not they're going to petition the king and have the king decide who's who's going to rule. Now, the interesting part about it is the way they end it. And and this is this confused me at first um because he states it's not a man that sits on the throne anymore. It's a woman. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, Viserys died. So Viserys died in this jump. And I'm like, that would be a, and, and I was kind of pissed for a couple of minutes uh, as we cut to the next scene where we get back to King's Landing, or I guess we're not there yet, but um, the next scene, we'll, we'll get into that. So the next scene we cut, we uh, go up into the mountain next to King's Landing and we see someone climbing down this crevice into this dark. Well, I think we're at, we're think we're at, we're at Dragonstone. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Dragonstone. Yeah. Yeah. Not we're, we're at Dragonstone. Um, and Damon's climbing into this, this, uh, I guess dragon pit. Mm -hmm. Um, now here, here's an interesting thing. Like he had to climb down, this like cliff to get into this cave. How did the dragon get in? These things are massive. Like he couldn't just walk in. Why did he have to make that climb? Do they fly it makes into me this? Wonder if he's, it makes me wonder if he's deeper in the pit away from the dragons and the, the dragon might be at the front of the pit. And, he had and to if come you were to walk like, by it, it'd yeah, be protected. Protecting its egg. <clears throat> yeah, I guess yeah. that would make sense. I was just kind of like, these dragons are huge. Like, why did he have to come in this difficult way but that makes sense um so damon goes in gets one of the eggs and as he gets uh the egg one of the 
um, I guess dragon stew. I don't even know what to call these guys. Dragon keepers. Is yeah, that what yeah. they're calling well, I think, them? I think he hands them three eggs, right? Uh, he gets, he, you see him take out one, but I think there's three inside the bag. Yeah. I think he says that. Um, and he gets a note from Bela, who is uh, Corla's daughter. daughter. No, his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah, his yeah. daughter um, from Driftmark about what I'm assuming what has happened. Like that the, the father is, her father is, gra- gra- or not her father, her grandfather, uncle. uncle, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. The, the, the inner family stuff is starting to get me confused here. But, uh, yeah, I guess your grandfather's brother. So whoever, yeah, grandfather's however, brother, however whatever you your grandfather's it. brother is to you, that's yeah. what this guy is. Um, so basically letting them know that something's happened and we don't really know exactly what's in the note. It, it didn't stay long enough for me to be able to read it. We then cut into Dragonstone where Jace is trying to learn High Valyrian Uh, And he's really studying really hard to try to figure this out. And, you know, he's like, if I'm going to honor everything else, um, I need to I need to learn this. And, you know, his mom is being very kind to to him as Rhaenyra is like, well, unless you're going to depose me or or your father, uh, not your father or your new father, I guess. I guess that's how that worked. Damon, um, you don't really need to learn this just yet. You can take your time. And then we do see um, the first, like, toddler Joffrey. So you see him as a young child. Um, I guess he would be, what, six at this point? Yeah. At least six. Uh, Damon then comes in, and Damon is bringing uh, Rhaenyra the news that he got uh, from the Raven, from Bela. And it basically tells them there's going to be a petition. Uh, for who's going to take over Driftmark now that we don't know if Coralist is going to make it. Like, there's like, they, I think they said she'd be there in like three days. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're going to go do this without just waiting the three days. Like, do you think you would wait the three well, days? Because to the, brother out is, the brother is petitioning why he has a chance. He sees an opening because the queen is on the throne right now. He, I think he knows he can get the backing. I think he knows he can get the backing of the queen. Well, we do uh, now find high towers because we don't necessarily know that yet, but he definitely feels that way. Yeah, he feels that way. But also what's interesting I found here is that um, Rhaenyra immediately thinks like, well, the queen that never was, she's just going to back him because she hates us. And he's like, well, she's not cruel. He did take my daughter to be her, you know, war yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and whatever that's they the interesting it. thing is Damon. And, 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 and she does reiterate that, yes, but she thinks we killed her son. And Damon's yeah. like, well. Yeah, I think there's. She's smarter than that. Well, I think the other part that you have here is Damon spent more time with them. Damon's fought with them. Yeah. So there's, there's, he has a relationship with them that Rhaenyra doesn't have. Rhaenyra is just looking for everyone's coming for me. Whereas Damon's more of, she's more political than you think. Like I spent time with them. I think Damon knows that and feels truly. She doesn't want the crown. Like that's not what she's after anymore. He knows it's Coralus. 
He knows that the ambition is coming from Coralus and is trying yeah. to calm Rhaenyra down here, but she's also not wrong. They do believe that they killed their son. And we said that in the last episode of like, yeah. there's no way anyone's not going to believe that after he, Lenore dies, fake death. Um, but Lenore is dead in well, their they mind. Don't know that. They don't know that. Lenore's dead. And then they get married. Like, oh, really guys, you didn't wait a couple yep. years and just say, Oh, we're going to do this now. No, you did it like minutes after. Yeah. So it, it looks bad. So like everything else, we have to go to King's Landing. We got to go back to King's Landing because they're going to petition. We need to get there and put our petition in for our son, who is in all in all lines of succession, the rightful person to sit on that throne, regardless Especially of what you think about Bastards or not. We know of Coralus's wishes. Yeah, we know of Coralus's wishes at this point. So we get to uh, King's Landing and there's not much a lot's changed at king's landing without a lot being noticeable so i do want to point something out here and king's well the first thing is the first thing uh, before you jump into that is immediately just like we saw when viserys went to driftmark and he was not received by corliss here you go, Princess Rhaenyra, the rightful heir, is not received by the queen and all the main council. Yeah, they the, they're not. They um, it's another one of those moments where it's like, well, we'll send them out there to make it sweat, make them sweat. They know that they're there. They're just not going to receive them. Yeah, I, 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 that's one piece. But the other piece that I, I want to point out is King's Landing is very different in the fact that when we first got to king's landing it was a very hustle and bustle area people were around mm. they were frolicking they were having fun um there was a ton of people in in this courtyard that they came into that were just there that were just enjoying different things and that's not the way it is here and yes they're not received they are announced but they're not received they're received by you know somebody's lackey i don't even know this guy um but you can tell that this is not a warm greeting like they're not here yeah, because lord uh, lord coswell lord coswell um so they're not here on that so we kind of move forward and i don't know how many people notice this but there's a big thing here in this next episode and they they point it out but you kind of have to think past it they one of the things the Targaryens do not follow is the Church, the, of the, Seven. the Church of the Seven. And there's a giant seven-pointed star right in the middle of the hallway where, again, when we first got here, there was tons of people in it. Remember when Alicent and Rhaenyra were walking through this area, people were just around talking, having fun. So we're starting to get the new gods in play and the new way of doing it which is very high tower which is not and which targaryen. is interesting is interesting because it does remove a lot of the targaryen you know the targaryen lore sigils the lore and, and um, everything that that was that king's landing was built on also you have a lot of the paintings covered up they've been taken down um, yeah. or they've been painted over or different things there so even rhaenyra mentions it's like i can hardly recognize it you go into 
the and and I want to go back in the episodes and see what was here. Because when you get into the the council, there's also another seven-pointed star right above where the king sits in the council room. I believe yeah. it was a Targaryen sigil that was there before. I'm not 100% sure, but I want to go back and see if we can if there's an angle that shows what was in this spot before the star was there. Um, so you get even that there. And as we pan down, yeah, we this now is huge. learn that Alicent is sitting as queen and making decisions because what we can assume at this point, and her dad's right there beside her as the hand of the king, what we can assume at this point is Viserys is too sick to do his day-to-day job as king. Yep. But she's also got that big star on. She's got, the, yeah, the seven-pointed star as well. Which I think is interesting because if you remember the last queen that tried to uh, use the church for political power, I uh, got, got the shame walk. Well, yes, Cersei tried to do that. But again, I also think that this is... Alicent shamed herself in the last episode. It's been six years. So yeah. I'm wondering if she's trying to find redemption here through taking on the religion as heavily as it seems like she is here. And is that Jason Lannister that's there sitting there? It looked like him. I don't know it who that is. Like, yeah. And it also looks like a Baratheon. If you look at the one Baratheon that's sitting there, I don't know the name. Um, Lord Beesbury. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it, it's definitely a different council. It's not the same council that we had before. So she is putting her people in place. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the king. So she does find out that they have shown up. So now she, the queen is leaving to go greet them. Um, as she's walking by one of the king's guard lets her know that there's been a problem uh with Aegon. All right, we're continuing to have some technical difficulties, but we're back. We're back again. And uh so to continue, um the queen is or I, I guess you can call her the queen now. Like she is the queen, but she's the, the sitting on the throne at this point, and she's going to greet uh, Rhaenyra and Damon as they arrive, and one of the king's guard that she obviously can't remember his name, it's Aaron, Aaron um, is telling her that there's been an issue with Aegon in his chambers. It's a delicate issue. She needs to attend to it. Um, then we move on to Rhaenyra and Damon going into her father's chambers. And we're, we're back. And, and you know what? As much as I made fun of this, I really felt bad seeing all the cobwebs on the model. Like he's not doing anything with it now. And it's, it's just been sitting there. Like no one is taking care of this. No one here. And I think this even symbolizes more of what's going on is this is a model of, of their homeland in Valyria. And no one cares about it because Targaryens are not ruling. 
This isn't exactly. important to Allison. This isn't important to Otto. So they're just letting dust collect on top of this um, amazing you know, model that he had built of this city. So it's it's kind of sad to see this. And it's kind of, you're starting to, again, see something that was so dear to the Targaryens, just not even looked at or cared about uh, as we move forward. And also shows that the king is not in good a good place. So then they move into his actual room, uh, his bed area, and you kind of see for for lack of better terms Viserys is in hospice he's in he's in the medieval game of thrones hospice you know he he does not look good half his face is covered he i mean he's gaunt like he looks dead at, at this point and i'm shocked that he's you know he's still alive he's still kicking so he's still the king but He's not able to make any decisions. And that's how Alicent is now sitting for him. And you would think the hand of the king is also there. So Damon and them are here talking and really they're they're making a plea to him. And obviously they don't know. They don't know the extent of what what is going on because they've been gone for six years. And it's not like Allison's going to keep them informed on what's going on. Like she doesn't want them to know the high towers don't want them to understand what's going on with the King. And they're basically making a plea for him to stand up for the succession to be with Luke, which he has already put to bed. And like, we're not supposed to talk about, who these these kids are we 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 made that clear he's going to take someone's tongue exactly if if this is brought up again so i i you know the valerians are walking or at least um corliss's brother is walking a very thin line here absolutely and this is really kind of cool here too um we do find out that one if you don't know, if you didn't notice, um, Rhaenyra's pregnant again, but this is the third child that she's had with David. Yeah, because she introduces, she introduces which I think two more kids, I, and and one of them I think is going to be a. a, a I don't think Allison's going to take too kindly to well, it. One of them makes it even more confusing here because she names one Aegon, yeah, and she names one Viserys. And I do think it's a nice moment with a grandfather and, and getting to meet his grandson. And, you know, it's, it's like basically his namesake. And he yeah. does say, you know, that's a name fit for a king. And then he gets, you know, he, he the pain kind of takes over him and he asks for his tea. And Damon gives him his tea. And, you, and Damon is such a interesting character here i mean the the actor does such a great job and i think we all knew he was going to do fantastic from you know his time as doctor who but he really feels for his brother here you can tell in his facial expressions but in in damon fashion he just he doesn't know how to act in these like very emotional situations yeah for for his for him and his brother but he does sniff the tea 
And he knows it's not just And he tea. knows it's not just tea. So there's something going on in this tea. And I've been like holding my tongue on this for a while. And there's been a lot of fan lore out there on has Viserys been getting poisoned this whole time? Has has someone been poisoning him because his fall has been so rapid? I mean, we say it's rapid, but it's also been 31 years. Well, that that's true too, but everyone else because you would like I would assume Coralis is around the same age. Well, I assume I assume that the throne has been I mean know, the, 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 the queen the is throne. the same age. But, but I the assume queen that never that, was. I assume that the throne hits is what keeps cutting him and he just keeps getting infections and they've never been able to like actually treat her properly. Well, why um, wouldn't you be able to do that? If you're getting poisoned that whole time, all the treatments wouldn't end up working. They would get worse and worse well, and worse. I don't know if he's being poisoned, but, but they, I mean that's a theory that's the, been going the out there. They're the worst poisoners. There, there's a there's they're a theory that's been going out there. Uh, and and poison is known to be a female's thing. It's not normally a way that that men kill. It's normally a way that females kill. And from Game of Thrones, it was one of Cersei's favorite things to use. Was poison. So anyway, I don't think that's actually what's going on. I just think with Damon sniffing the glass, it gave a little bit of a a nod to that theory that people have had out there of, is he being poisoned? I kind of agree with you. I think he's just a sickly old man that is crumbling under the pressure of being king and the fact that his his family, more than, than the kingdom, is out of whack. And that's yeah, and I just assume hard. that he figures out that that's just milk of poppy, which is what Allison. Well, and, we don't know that yet. You blew it. You, <laughs> you you let the reveal go before it was time well, for the I reveal. Well, I assume that's what it was when he sniffed it. No, I didn't assume that. I assumed something oh, I was did. in the cup. I did because I assumed that they were like just making him, you know, catatonic. They were just making yeah, him. Yeah, but we don't. We didn't know that at that point. Oh, way to drop the beans there. Well, hey, listen. Anyway, I, that's what forward. I thought right away. Yeah, it's not no. my fault you were slow. It wasn't slow. It was giving homage. It was giving me time to figure out, are they really doing this or not? Let the story unfold before I make the crazy assumption. I watch these things with blank mind. I just let the story unfold. And then I make my assumptions after the fact on the second term time through. All right. So then we move into, I would assume is Allison's chambers. With this poor young girl, uh, Diana, who um, I guess we'll just cut to the chase, uh, was raped basically by her son, Aegon. So we're learning that Aegon is a bastard, not, not the actual bastard, but an asshole at the end of the day. I guess you can't use bastard in this because it has a whole nother meaning yeah, in exactly. this show, but he's becoming an a-hole and we kind of knew he was an a-hole from the last episode where he was uh you know liked creatures with long legs at least we have that in common and to go back to what you had said before he is betrothed to his sister so you did find that line so they are betrothed to each other now i don't remember them stating that but the way they talked about it and then you were right there they are yeah um which makes sense uh, with how they've been talking. So he is betrothed to his sister. And. But he, he he rapes this girl. And Allison's talking to her. And Allison. Is. 
being very motherly towards her, but in a very stern way of like, you've already told three people. Like she says, you, I've told no one, but no, you have told three people. You've told me, you've told the, the guard and you told one other person. I mean, this girl's um, terrified. Oh, she's terrified. I mean, she basically knows, you know, the queen, she believes the queen's going to kill her. I believe the queen was going to have her killed here. I did not think that the queen was going to let her pass, but she does. Um, as long as she doesn't say anything and she drinks this tea, the, the pill after. Now, I have to imagine this, this is not a pleasant experience after you drink this tea for a young female. Um, so she gives her a bunch of gold and the tea to make sure that she doesn't have a child and really lets her go on her way as long as she says nothing. Um, she does have, I guess, the one other person that's in here is the lady that brings the tea. Yeah. That we have that has some idea of the story, which may yeah, come Ali. back a little bit farther in the episode. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's her name. Yeah, as we move forward. And she has her drink the tea, and then she goes straight to Aegon's room. And, you know, here's this drunken kid again who just doesn't know how to act, doesn't want to be king, is not kingly, uh, basically states that, you know, I didn't want any of this. You know, I'm being a brat. And then her sister comes in and says, hey, where's Diana? She's supposed to get the kids dressed. And her mom hugs her. So kind of weird he he yells she yells at Aegon, basically saying you're you're shaming me you're shaming your wife and on this day of all you know is, yeah. is kind of what she says but it's just at the end of the day he's a jerk <laughs> like there's no other way around it he's not a king he's definitely not king material so after all of that we move into the first the queen finally greeting Damon and uh, Rhaenyra in her father's room. And she's kind of just talking about business and, and Damon doesn't pull any punches here. Mm -mm. Damon basically Ooh, no. is like, yeah, you're uh, keeping my, I'm surprised my brother even knows his own name with the amount of milk of the poppy you've been giving him and running the kingdom as he, you know, can't tell what's going on and Alicent is is defending herself on the fact that you know without it he's in in severe pain. pain he need he yeah. needs this because of pain and and damon damon is like i i he, damon believes her like i believe this is out of mercy and pain for him but did the maesters also tell you to prescribe the removal of all the Targaryen heraldry that's around. Like, did, did they tell you like, yeah, I'm sure they told you to give him milk of the poppy. I can see that with the way he looks and yeah. have the installation of various statues and stars instead. Yeah. So, Damon just called everything that they're changed, that they've changed. Yeah. And basically Allison comes back with the emblems of the seven serve only as a guide uh, for us on an uncertain path and to remind us of a higher authority and then uh, Rhaenyra is like and on the morrow 
Which authority will sit in judgment of my son's claim to his own inheritance? And Allison's like, I will. I'm going to sit on the throne because the king can't. And the hands. So basically, you're going to plead for your child to have um, his seat. And this is the, the, the same child I wanted to take the eye of. The last yeah, time they we saw really each haven't other. seen each other. Yeah, the last time we saw each other, uh, Rhaenyra just assumes that she's. I, I mean, right there, you just know, like, okay, if it's down to Allison, well, they're gonna lose. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We don't have a good chance of this leaning our way. Uh, we move forward to. I would like to jump into this. Yeah, go ahead. This, this is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, so they, it. it's all yours. What I like, what I like, is that uh, Jason and Lucerus are now walking through, and they go to the training area, right where the last we saw, they were training with their father. Yeah, um, strong. <laughs> strong, and and then they had that fight with he had that fight with Kristen Cole, which eventually got him killed. Now Cole obviously is supposed to train everyone, but he mainly focused on. Uh, Amon and Aegon, and there was a lot of you know back and forth on that. Those guys got picked, but at first, when these two boys get to this training, they they're excited, right? They're happy. They have all these happy memories and these funny times that happened back when they were younger. But then it, it changes pretty quickly because you hear some fighting going on, and everyone starts to surround. And as the camera pan, pans around, you learn that uh, Amon is there. He's grown up. He almost kind of looks like Damon with an eye patch. And he well, is standing that's a, a strategic plan there. Yeah. He is standing toe to toe with from our point of view essentially the immortal Kristen Cole. Like he's able to to you know train and battle with him head on and and you can see the immediate kind of it went from happiness with Jason Lucerus to kind of like worrisome as they're watching this well so you also got to remember that this was the child that they picked on this was the kid that they gave a pig yes this was not they they were a part of it too even though Aegon probably started it they were a part of it also the also the thing i noticed that was very different between them is a size difference correct like these these kids like aemond is around the same age of them but is much larger than them. Now, I know the age range is supposed to be from 16 to 21 uh, between them of, of all the kids. And a 16-year-old next to a 21-year-old, there is a significant difference there in, can be, yes, in absolutely. You know, man size. So I think that's what we're seeing here. Um, but the other part to this is you got to remember the reason why he's wearing that eye patch is because of them. Yes. And again, this is the last time they saw him was they stabbed him in the eye and he had just taken Vagar. And he was a very timid child at that point in time. And that is not what we're getting now. He's standing toe-to-toe with one of the best uh, tournament knights that has also seen real combat in, in Sir Christian Cole. And best Christian Cole at his own game. Um, and, and, and Christian Cole's not holding back from him. He is going at him with this morning star. And, you know, he, he's, he's, he's fighting him straight up and I would be a little concerned if yeah, I, I saw, you know, a guy that is that, that I took their eye from that I'm pretty sure still has a grudge against me. And I know the families are not 
doing too well together that is been training his whole life to be a warrior and is obviously a warrior. And, and I would say on the level of Damon, you know, we don't know that yet, but the way he's fighting, you have to put Cole and Damon together at that level. And if he's at their level, Cole bested Damon. Yeah. So you're also saying now Aegon or not Aegon, Aemon is besting Cole, which means. And he also has the, the biggest dragon. Yeah. And he has the biggest dragon. But if you look at the line of succession, Cole beat Damon. Aegon beat Cole. Aegon's the badass in the room right now. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at that now, again, this is training. We're not in real battle, but you can look into the singular eye of Aemon and tell he, he's not all there. This, this guy wants to fight. He's here to yeah. create a problem. Absolutely. And then he looks at his nephews and says, nephews, have you come to train? And that's when and, Jason Luke are just like, shit. Like, and you know, what's funny. Something that I started to see a trend and I could be wrong, but in the Targaryen children, it always seems like you have a good male and a bad male. Well, I wouldn't say even, back, even, even back to, I wouldn't Viserys say Aegon is good, and they, but I mean, like he just doesn't care. He's just like, whatever. He, well, he, I, like, th- yeah, he doesn't sure. really want, he just wants everyone to, to party and do their thing. Yeah. Kind of like Viserys. But I think you would get that through Where any Damon royalty. Was, like yeah, any royalty, I mean, you normally have that. And your, your children aren't the same. But yeah, um, unlike, unlike I would say Damon's children that are Valyrian, they're very into everything that's going on, all of them. Yeah. Um, and I would also say even, even Jace and Luke are very into what's going on there. Um, but you're, you're getting Targaryen. Like, I think, I think the high crown children have, are like that. All the ones underneath are not as much, but the top level have always had that, that one is one cares. One doesn't care, uh, yeah. kind of mentality, but I think it makes for a good story overall. Yeah, no, for sure. So it feels like, um, Rhaenyra's children were saved by the bell here or the opening of the gate. So as they are fighting and, and, and they kind of get called out by their, their uh, cousin, nephew, however you want to say it, however the lines work, um, you get, I got to remember his name. What is, what is his brother's name? Uh, Coralus's brother shows up. Vaymond, that's his name. I don't know why I yeah. keep forgetting that. Vaymond shows up and it's kind of interesting because as he walks through, you see Luke kind of stare at him with this really worried face on because he, he knows why they're there. Mm-hmm. And this is the person that 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 is going to try to take his claim to his throne. But we also knew Luke didn't want the throne and Luke wasn't wrong. When I get the throne, it means you're all dead. Like the reason why we're doing this is because someone has died. And also, um, Eamon has a nice little smile on his face as he walks in. Eamon is happy that this is happening. Eamon, Eamon, you can tell Eamon wants the turmoil that's going to come from the smile that he has. So Vaymon gets there. 
he comes to sit down with the queen, um, who is now sitting in for the king. The hand is there. Um, and he's basically pleading his case before pleading the case, uh, trying to trying to set this right with the greens and how. If you are going to push in my direction, we all know what's going on. We all know that this isn't a true claim or, or they're bastard children. But Vayman's also saying, you know, if you happen to side with me, you're going to go ahead and get the entire fleet that I have with you. You know, you should you should side with me. You should just do that. It'd be it'd be great for the crown. Yeah. If you decided to do this, you know, yeah, playing he's his trying piece. to give his, his his part, you know, but he's not doing he's doing it behind the scenes. And Correct. this is the part that I that I the game, the game's being played and we've said it more than once. Um, we then cut to the God's Wood where uh, we see the queen that never was Rhea and um, Rhaenyra and also Bela, who has been the ward of the princess we we find out for Renera has been her ward so she hasn't seen her grandmother in a while she's been at Dragonstone um and it seems like you know Renera is very happy about that she's been with her father so at least one of them has been with uh Damon and Renera that whole time and there's an interesting conversation here between the two of them on the fact that she uh, Rhaenyra is going at it a little bit different rather than pleading to the queen because she knows she's not going to get anywhere with Allison. she mm-hmm. is pleading to her next of kin I guess is the best way of putting it her her mother-in-law yeah at her this Raina, point. which is the other you know Raina, the queen that never yeah. was the princess the princess the princess that never was the the queen that never was and Basically, you do find out that she believes that Rhaenyra killed uh, uh, her her son, essentially. And Rhaenyra is telling the truth. She never ordered the death. She Mm -hmm. just ordered the secret death. And she can't say anything about that right now. She can't let that go. So she's hoping that the queen will, will listen to her. And she makes an offer to the queen that we'll marry our children together. And this will strengthen our bloodline. And it's funny that people continue to come to the queen with these offers. Because she has said so many times to Coralus, she doesn't care. I just want them to be safe. I want my kids to be safe. But the more we marry into these things the more of your problems show up and the more yep. of my children die. Yep. And the other side to this is Rhaenyra feels that the queen is there actually to make her own stand. Yeah. It's like the queen, it's like all of a sudden it's changed. She's like, she's like calling her out saying yeah. you're actually going to try to take Driftmark for yourself. Which if you knew the queen is not true. She would, she wouldn't do that. And I think Damon knows that. And Damon understood that more of she's not cruel, but it does end with the queen that never was making a statement of it doesn't matter. 
It really doesn't matter which way I go or what I do. None of these situations are good. Mm-hmm. And that's how I took it at the end of where she's thinking is like, I don't think at this point in time, she knows what direction she's going to go. I don't think she knows if she's going to back uh, Vaymond or if she's going to back, you know, her husband and what her husband wanted with, with Coralus. I don't think she knows. And I think in her mind, it, like she said, it doesn't matter at this point. My, my, my kids are dying. They're, they're dead. My husband's dead. What does this matter anymore? And I, I kind of felt for her here because she's in a position she never wanted to be in. Yeah. And she basically leaves saying that she stands alone. And she basically tells uh, Rhaenyra that tomorrow the high towers are going to deliver their first blow. They're going to bring you to your knees. She's basically saying, yeah, uh, Corliss's brother is about to take over Highmark and there's nothing I can do. And, and this is all pointless. And yeah. it's almost like she's throwing in the towel. Well, I, and I think she's throwing in the towel there, but I think she's also she's also warning Rhaenyra as as this is a fight. You're in it now, and they're and like you said, they're landing the first blow. You you didn't do enough. You and Damon ran off, but they're getting the first blow in here, and and it's gonna be a big one. And it's gonna be hard to recover from it. And I honestly, during this scene, I don't know how you felt. I thought when they were talking about Leonor, I thought she was going to tell her that he was still alive. Uh, you know, I, I just think, I don't think she could do that. I think it would end a whole lot worse. Um, but I had that in my mind of, is, is she going to use that if this doesn't go her way? Yeah. And, and she didn't. But that kind of goes back to her character of with Alicent. Rhaenyra only answers the questions she's asked. She doesn't give a lot more information, which is why I still feel like she's alive to this day. Because um, she asked if you had a part in it. I didn't. Like I did. You're, you, I did not kill him. Yeah. That, you know, the question you're asking me is, did I kill your son? The answer is no. But I'm not going to give you any more information than that because you don't need to know anything else. Because she's also protecting Lenor at the same time. But I don't think he, she needs to protect him from her mother. Yeah. But you do know in Westeros, the more people that know your secrets, the more chance it has of getting out there, regardless of who it is. You don't tell anybody anything, Sir Christian Cole. Idiot. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> you know, same situation you had back then. So now we move into Rhaenyra going into her father's chambers. And I did, me personally here, I got a little emotional on this scene. Um, yeah, I, I really like this scene. I, it was, I think it was he... a great scene here. One, because I am dealing with, with my, my own mother who has cancer. So you're kind of watching, you know, it's, it's, it's at this point, there's nothing they can do for her. So you're watching this kind of same demise. And in my head, I'm like, am I going to be having a, you know, not a conversation like she's having of like, please stand up for me. And that's what she's talking to that. But yeah. this, this bedside confession of like daughter and father sitting here and, and just laying, laying her heart out to him of like, why did you name me heir? This is too heavy. 
Like, do you believe in this dream? Is this a yeah. real dream that you believe in? Because and she definitely says that she, she basically says that, you know, you said, um, you like, do you believe in it? She needs to know because this whole dream is supposed to, there's supposed to be this person Targaryen that unites the realm and saves the world. And she's like, by naming me heir, you, you divided the realm. Yeah, and essentially, it's like she, she finally sees it. You, you divided. It. You divided the realm for this prophecy that you believe in. Do you really believe in this? And and Viserys says, "My only child," and and she she just tells him like, "I will bear this. I will defend this. I will do this. But I need you to stand up for me. Like I I need you to stand for me at this time." And. Viserys goes to try to say something to her at this point, but again, he's just, he's so sick at this point. He cannot, he can't get all the words out. Rhaenyra is just crying on the bedside, you know, next to him. There's a storm going on. It was just beautifully shot. And I do thank them for making it uh, brighter than some of the other episodes, because you could have really lost the feeling of this episode. If it had been as dark as some of the last ones. Mm -hmm. So then you move into, um, just, I, I again, I don't know if we needed all of this, but you see all the lesions and the maesters are trying to take care of the king and everything that they have to do just to keep him alive at this point. Otto's there. And basically what Viserys says is everybody's here. I, I want them all to dine together. You know, I, I need to have this this final dinner with my family and it's almost the last supper esque here. Like yeah. I know I'm going like, like there's no doubt that I'm going to die and I have no idea when it's going to be, but it's going to be soon. It's sooner rather than later. And I mean, the gauntness of this character and they, when they sit him up on the table and you see just how demised he is and how much, how, how, how far he's gone. But something happens here. That's very, very worrisome to the hand is he denies the milk of the poppy here. He says, no, I don't want my tea. I don't want milk of the poppy. I just want you to arrange this supper, this supper, just arrange it. I don't need anything. So we cut from there. And I have to tell you, when I saw this, my stomach turned a little bit is we get this great overhead shot of the, the throne and we pan down to all the swords and there's Otto standing and sitting on the throne acting as king. And not that it's not his duty to do this. You know, Tyrion sat in the spot when he did it and all the hands before him, Ned did it as well. So it's not, it's not, it's not that he's not in a place he's supposed to be. It's just, I hate this character and to see him wielding yeah. that amount of power at this point in time against Viserys's family without him getting a say here. It, this kind of hurts. So we start the proceedings and basically this is the petition proceedings that we actually got in the very first episode just not as grand of, of a scale because it wasn't for who was going to run the entire realm. Yeah. But 
the way this works is if there is a succession issue in Westeros on who will be the next king that is part of the kingdoms that are underneath the crown. So of the seven kingdoms or whatever they want to call it. I don't know if they got that name yet. The king decides what is going to be best. You know, it, it, the, he decides who is going to rule the, the lower kingdoms at this point. So here we have Vaymond giving his speech on, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Yeah. He basically base, starts talking about his bloodline and he's the right. It's all about bloodline. Blah, blah, it's all blah, about blah, bloodline. Blah, blah. But Rainier cuts him off. Yep. And and basically says you should uphold the rightful heir, which is my son. We all know that to be true. Basically reiterating the fact that the kingdom and the king years ago has already decided this is fact. They are Leonor's sons. If you speak other than this, you're gonna lose your like you're done. Well, the queen also and, cuts her off of saying you'll get and the your queen chance. cuts her off too. Yeah, which I thought I thought was interesting. And and that's when. Vayman gets cocky here and, and he gets very cocky because he knows all of this is going his way. Like he has no worry whatsoever in this proceedings that he is going to rule Driftmark because I mean, the high towers are on his side. He are, he already knows that in his mind's mind, he knows this. Yeah. And I and do he all love, but basically calls them bastards again, just in a roundabout well, way. He basically says, what do you know of Valyrian blood princess? What do you know of it? I'll cut my veins and show it to you. And like, you that's still his wouldn't words. recognize and it. And you still wouldn't recognize it. Like, you have no claim to this house. We know what's real here. And I'm fighting for the survival of my house because guess what? If you let one of them sit on the throne, the bloodline dies. The name doesn't die. And that's what Coralis cared about. And in the books, the name was all that mattered. Um, and basically he puts his his petition on the succession of his of his family. Like it's my bloodline, it's my family. Then Rhaenyra steps up to plead her case. Something kind of big happens here. Man, this scene was epic. I thought it's the Alicent mic drop scene when she was she wore the green dress at the we the wedding ceremony was yeah. a bombshell there's two scenes before this that really stand out to me one is the Alicent the next one is the first time we see this this actress play Rhaenyra where she just had the baby and she walks with blood coming out of yeah. her all the way up to the queen's chambers um so this is the third time we get something like this, but she basically Rainier is about to go into, you know, nearly 20 years ago, you all stood here and I'm assuming she was about to say you all gave your allegiance to me to be the rightful heir. And she was going to say, now I, I would like you to do the same for my son. But before she could do this, she literally says something about 20 years and boom, those doors open and it cuts Rainier turns around, but I love, and I'm sure you're going to love this, but the look on Otto's face. Oh, it I'm was, sure I was like, Ender probably loves this. I mean, it there. And again, this actor is phenomenal. Phenomenal in the amount of expression he has without saying anything. 
and his reaction to Viserys walking, not being carried in, walking in. As he's being announced. As he's being announced. And you just see, and I, I love the way they did this, where the shocked look on Rhaenyra's face. But in the background, you see Otto like standing up yeah. in the throne. And that's when we cut to Otto just like staring at Viserys. And he's like, oh, this is why he didn't want the milk of the poppy. Yeah. This and is then you not also going cuts, well. You cut to Allison and she just has this look of yeah. fear. And then there's fear there. And she looks over to her father and Vaymond. The look on Vayman's face of like the one thing that couldn't happen just happened. Yeah. Like and, shit. And I love as they show this shot from behind as the king starts to go down again. It's like reminiscent of like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. But then it cuts from the other side from behind the Iron Throne. And I don't know if you caught on this, but this is when I was like, oh, Ender probably loves this. You see Otto slowly creeping down the oh, stairs away standing, from the throne yep, like, a, like, a, like a beat dog trying yep. to whimper away into the corner well i mean i just think that you have this line drawn and and they all know that six years ago they already agreed that this was this succession line was put into place and as he's walking down you do get this great cut to uh, Rhea, the queen that never was, where she feels for him. And you see this, this emotion in her face of, I've made a decision. Yeah. And, she changed, it's and like she all changes of a her she mind. Came, her heart got into this. Yes. And, and it's like, she, she now has to make a stand here because this is, you know, uh, her cousin, this is, this is someone she actually loves and really the only one left that I feel is in the same situation that she's in of, we love our families. Like she knows Viserys loves his family. And that's the yeah. only reason he has made this trip down here. And what's, what's crazy is just the, the, and they, as they pan around the room, you can see the unease and the sadness and, and the hurt and the pain that everyone feels that the king is really struggling. Yeah. I mean, this, the walk to get to this throne seems like it takes 20 minutes. The right I mean, amount of time, though. Yeah. It was perfect. And the way he stops and looks at Rhaenyra, and, and I love, and, and just like, I heard you. Even though I couldn't speak to you last night, I heard what you needed and I'm here. Like you're not yeah. in this alone. I'm I'm still standing next to you as my heir and I'm here to help you. As many problems as we've had, I'm still here as your father today. And I love this hunchback old man that turns with this just really scorned look to Otto, and he says, I will sit the throne today. And he, the, when he says that to Otto, I'm like, yeah, don't, I'm not dead yet, Otto. Yeah, I know you're, you're trying to get on my throne, but I'm not dead yet. And then the, the knight's guard comes over and tries to help him up to the throne, and he, he throws him, pushes him away, and 
I think this is the second time I got emotional here in this episode when the crown falls off of him and Damon picks it up. Yeah, that was huge, I think. And helps his brother to the the throne and puts the crown on his brother. Like, again, another one of these things where it's like, I know we've not gotten along over these years, but you're still my brother. You're still my family. Yeah, basically saying I'm here for you. I'm here for you, and I know you're here for me right now. Like, we needed you to be here, and you're here. So he does that. He puts the crown back on, and, you know, I love how he, like, sits back in the chair just... Just the way, just the the way he his his mannerisms as the king here, of like I'm laid back, I'm an old man, I'm dying. You guys have me up here in this uncomfortable piece of shit throne that keeps cutting me all the time, and and his first his first question is, I must admit, I'm confused. Yeah, I was <laughs> dying laughing. I'm, I'm so confused. Like, I don't understand. Why petitions are being heard over a settled succession. Explain it to me, guys. It's just that like, you know, it's it's that moment you have when when I just thought of my kids and it's like that conversation I have with them of like, guys, we already talked about what was going to happen. Everybody agrees. Why are we having this conversation again? Yeah. But what I like, and and I was kind of, I thought he was going to go into it and be like, this is done and over, but that's not what he does. He immediately says, the only one here that would know Lord Corliss's wishes is his wife, is Rhaenys, is Rhaena. So, so I was, I was confused because, um, he doesn't know what the queen what his cousin's going to say and of course um Rainier just assumes she's either going to stay out of it or back Lord Corliss's brother but Viserys King Viserys didn't have any conversation that we know with his cousin that he knew that this was going to go the way that that Rainier would hope but she like you said to her to to your point earlier she jumps in immediately and backs Rainier and well, then brings she, up the, she doesn't the, back Rhaenyra. She backs her husband. Yes. So she backs Coralus here. And which is true, which is what he wanted. It is what he wanted. And I think this shows again the queen that never was, and Coralus, and Lenar, and, and Liana, and that whole family bloodline. And, and I'll even put Vaymond in there as well. That is a honorable, proud family that tells the truth almost to a fault or actually to a fault, as we learn here a little bit in a couple of seconds. But she did not lie. She told him this is what he wanted and this is what you're going to do. And, and I, I feel like she is honored that the king gave her that opportunity to speak because he didn't have to. He could have just said, nope, this is the way it's going. But he's like, no, I don't know. You don't know. Rhaenyra doesn't know. 
Everyone here that says they know has no clue. The only person that Coralus would have talked to about this is his wife. So she's going to tell us what he wanted because guess what? She's the queen right now. So she's the one that should make the decision on the succession. And it also goes back to Viserys not giving a shit about male or female. Because he, he doesn't have to let this queen speak and make a decision here. But then it doesn't, doesn't go too well. Vaiman doesn't like what's going on. And I almost feel like Vaiman made a choice here of, of knowing I'm not going to get out of this alive if I say what I'm going to say. But I want to make sure everyone in this room knows what's happening right now. And he brings up the fact that Jace and, and, and Luke, especially Luke, are not Valyrian They're blood. not true Valyrian. I love how he says he won't allow it. And the king says, allow it? Like, what do you mean, allow it? Yeah. I am the king. I've made the decision. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's over. You, there's, no, there's nothing you can do. And I think basically he's just saying, I'm going to fight for Driftmark. And again, Damon is, Damon is being Damon. And he's beating around the bush. Damon's beating around the bush on what he wants to say. And Damon looks at him and says, say it. Oh, he begged him. Say it. Come on. Say, say what you want to say. And he didn't just say it. Vayman screams it in the hall. They're bastards. And that pissed the king off. The king pulls his dagger out, man. He's coming for his tongue. Like, like the king already said this six years ago. I'm going to take anyone's tongue. That, that happens. And, and not, say, only, not only does he say the kids are bastards. What else does he say right after that? I'll let you take that one. I got the he says, he says, he says, not only are they bastards, but Rhaenyra, and he says, just in slow motion. And yep. I'm like, what, bro, you, the king is going to kill you. He says, and she is a whore. A whore. And I was like, oh, no. Like, well, he says it while looking thing. at the king. He says it while looking at the king. And if there's one thing we've learned in the seven episodes previous, there's one person you can say the king lets you speak your mind with anything other than one person. But when you start bashing Rhaenyra, you can even kind of run your mouth about her kids a little bit. You can even run your mouth about him. He doesn't. You can run your mouth about him, Damon, anything else. But when it comes to Rhaenyra, he will not stand for there's it. also another person that won't stand for things when it's talked about with Rhaenyra <laughs> and that's he, Damon. He, he pulls out his dagger and as it cuts back to Vaymond this is the oh. best thing I told you the other night I was trying to watch this late Sunday night and I fell asleep and I fell asleep somewhere around the time of, I don't know how you fall uh, asleep through one of these episodes it was You're super late it was, like two, it was two o'clock in the morning I was in bed watching on my phone so um it uh they're in the council talking. It was Vaiman talking with the high towers for the first time about their, his, like, he'll give them the Navy and all this stuff. And I wake up to literally what just happened yeah. is Damon. Damon cuts the his head off. Stands up, the top of Damon his head off. Cuts his head off. I wake up to that and I was like, I got to turn this off and go to sleep because and clearly 
a lot has happened. But my favorite line so far to Damon's had a lot of one-liners, but this is my favorite because the king yells, "I will have your tongue," and then you see Damon cut his head off. And Damon says he can keep his tongue. So the thing that's even like makes that even funnier. And I know it's not funny, but when his body falls, the way he cut his head, he like cut it through his mouth (laughs) and the tongue is all that's hanging out of the top of his, of the bottom of his head that's hanging there. And it cuts back up to Damon and Damon's like, he can keep his tongue. Now I do have one thing. I, and and I, this and I know why this was done the way it was done, but I do wish Damon didn't cut his head off from behind. I wish he had a stood in front of him and done it and like man to man kind of pulled it off. But the only way he was going to be able to do that is if the Night's Guard didn't notice him doing it. Correct, so yeah, all these he... people in the room don't notice that Damon slowly walks behind him, unsheaths his sword, and cuts this guy's head off. Because the second he hits the floor, the Night's Guard pulls their their swords out. They're like, disarm him, disarm him, disarm him. And Damon's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I, I did what I needed to do. I'll put my sword back. Don't worry about it. Um, We're not going to have this, and he's not going to call my wife a whore. And you do have this cut where everyone else is just like disgusted by what happened fear or shock and you do cut over to Eamon who is smiling about it who he thinks it's it's awesome (laughs) and it is these two actors did a phenomenal job of playing off of each other because the mannerisms of Damon are the same ticks that Eamon has they're not the same mannerisms they're very different people but the things that you would think Damon would do Eamon does as well like laughing during a funeral or smirking at someone getting their head cut off in the middle of court like it's very Damon-esque and you almost have that like sides being drawn here of like who's the badass warrior on both sides we have Damon on one you have Eamon on the other that we're gonna have um So after all of this, the king sits down and again, Allison comes to him really fast and is like, your tea, you need your tea. And he's like, I will not cloud my mind. I will not have my mind clouded. I must put things right. Yeah. So the king is now understanding like, hey, I've been in a daze and you guys are coming after my family. Like. What's going on here? This is not what I wanted for my family. So with all this being said, um, I think Luke's going to be the king of the tides and the Lord of the tides right now. And uh, we have a lot of, a lot of dead Valerians, some fake dead, some real dead. We also don't know if Corliss is going to come back. We don't know if he's still alive. And I don't think Corliss is going to be very happy that Damon's cut the head off of his brother. If he does survive. I'm I'm very interested to see where he, what side he takes on this because they did follow his wishes and he was shutting everyone down to demand that Luke. They did follow his wishes, but he did just kill his brother, which again, family sometimes changes your mind over things. 
So then we move into a scene where um, I guess, you know, they're getting the body ready to be sent back with the Silent Sisters. Um, again, another another um, talk of the seven there with the Silent Sisters setting up the bodies and everything and um, getting this ready to be sent back to Driftmark. She's talking to the Grand Maester. And basically, the Maester says, you know, you shouldn't be here while they, the sisters do their work because they're basically going to embalm this body um and and you know get it prepared for burial which is i have to imagine is not a pleasant sight for anyone to watch their next of kin to go through and the queen basically says you know what um the stranger which again is uh an homage to valyrian uh mythology which is kind of like the the face of death for them uh doesn't really care and has visited me more times than i can count because now you know she's got her daughter has died her husband's yeah. we, we presume is going to be dead here we don't know but we presume is going to be now um her son died in her mind now her her you know uh what is it i don't even know what they would be together her brother's her husband's brother um, is now dead and she basically says you know i assure you he cares little if my eyes are open or closed so death doesn't care with me anymore it's just following exactly. me at this point and i feel very bad for her but again she stood up for rhaenyra here and her husband and damon repaid her by cutting his head off now again he was gonna lose his tongue anyway um and he he caused vayman caused his own death but i don't know what's going through the queen's the, the queen that never was mines here reyes mines here because she is she's not happy she's very upset she's lost a lot and we're not 100 percent sure what she, what she thinks about things and she is a wild card. And there is still a wild card here of does Coralis pull through? And if Coralis comes back, what's going to happen? So now, now we get to my favorite scene. This, this long scene because it's everyone's dreaded Thanksgiving dinner with family. That's yeah. not getting along here. And, and your father is going to make everyone sit down the table and like each other. Damn it, I don't care if you don't like each other. We're gonna have we're gonna have Thanksgiving feast regardless. Um so Otto did set up the feast that that the king wanted. And everyone's there and they, you know, I think they kind of also let you know how big of a deal it was for the king to walk into the court right beforehand is that he's being carried in a chair into dinner here. You know, he can't walk. So that that walk took a lot out of him. And they kind of sit him at the table and he's sitting right between Alicent and and Rhaenyra and you have the two sides of the family and he goes into this long speech and I actually like listened to this speech twice. It was really a great speech that they had he he had here um but he does say you know 
This is a wonderful time. Um, the children are being betrothed to each other. So the queen does take her offer. So she didn't stand up. The queen that never was does take Rhaenyra's offer here uh, because she stood up for her there of marrying the family together. So they are betrothed to each other now. So uh, brother and sister, like, I don't know, stepbrothers, stepbrothers, stepbrothers and, and sister are now getting married. They all actually, it's funny of all the betrothals. This is the first one I've seen that they all like each other. Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually don't have a problem with this. And the kids, you know, that's like, that's what I was saying. Like their kids are, are into the family bloodline and making things strong, at least on that side. Um, but then you kind of have the, the kids bickering back and forth on, uh, you know, Amond messing with Jace on like, Hey, if you need some pointers on how to have sex, I can help or you Aegon. out. Aegon. Yeah, yeah Aegon. I'm sorry. Not Aemon. Aegon, you know, being the little jerk that Aegon is. Um, and he continues to do that through this whole, whole scene, just keeps making shots at Jace the whole time. So then the king gives his his big speech that he's filled with joy and sorrow all at the same time. Not going to get into exactly what he says, but to break it down, um he he basically wants them to bury the hatchet at this dinner. Like if not for your king and and what he does is he actually he's wearing this golden mask like the harpy mask looking he thing. wants them to see him for who he, he is he wants to see him for who he is and when he takes the mask off he has no eye which is f- interesting he because, looks like the the tales from the crypt yeah, old series like crypt keeper and like half his face like his cheek is chewed through um and he, he says i'm no longer a handsome man but then, indeed, I don't think I ever was. <laughs> it was just, I thought it was kind of funny. At least he still has yeah. a sense of humor through all yeah. of this, that, you know, uh, Viserys' humor. But he basically says, like, if you can't do this and come together for your king, just do it for this old man that's sitting in front of you. Just love each other. Let's just he does, love each he other. He does love all of them in that room so he does. much. Including he does. Otto for some reason. Well, I think until, you know, until all of this succession with Rhaenyra, I think Otto was a trusted advisor to him. Yeah. I don't think things went bad until Otto did not like the decision to make Rhaenyra queen. Like, I think that's when the world kind of went awry for Otto. and, And he had to start positioning because he just didn't like the direction. Yeah, the thing that the thing that I did like though is they pan around the room as he's giving his speech. I know we don't have to go over every word, but you see this sense of like everyone's on the edge of their seat, intently listening because almost every word that comes out of his mouth, I almost expected he might just keel over right there. Yeah, like that and, might be the last word he. But says. it's also a very profound speech that he gives, and you do end up getting Rhaenyra stands up and and basically, um gives Alicent a really good compliment on how she has stuck by her father's side, how she has taken care of them, how she has been so kind over the years to her father, which is 100% true. Yeah. You know, the she, speech that Viserys gave broke Rhaenyra and yeah, Alicent. And, Alicent. And, and I think it broke the adults at the room. 
and that's basically the 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 ones you have sitting there are Alicent, Rhaenyra, uh, Damon. I don't think it broke Otto. I don't think Otto gives a shit, but that's just my own personal opinion. But I do think Otto. Everyone in the family and the family did of. this, including Alicent and and I, and you get this sense of like, oh okay, things are gonna be all right. But then you realize. Does Allison even even toast to Rhaenyra saying she's going to make a fine queen? Yep. Basically, publicly putting her support behind her. Yeah, and and this is where we're setting and, and these or, or why we get the time jumps because the main people of this story are not Rhaenyra, Damon, Allison, Otto. It's not that. It's the children. Because the children can't let their parents squabble go. Yeah. And the problem is, is that I think here at this dinner, the parents finally see how the, but the parents, not only did they bury the hatchet, but they finally see how much their own actions and words and preachings and teachings to their own children have poisoned their children against each other. Yeah. And the only one that really saw this the whole time was Viserys. Viserys is the one that's been trying to not have this happen. And he said, I need to put my house in order. So the speech was to try to put the house in order. But then, you know, I believe, and this is my belief, that Rhaenyra's children and Damon's children are on board with what the grandfather is saying. It's the Allison side that cannot let it go. But look for for years she has preached about how they need to stand up for themselves that they're the challenge that exactly. they could be killed that they need to do this how much hate that they have towards uh Rhaenyra's kids all because of Allison yep and the only one that doesn't have that is Helena their daughter who unfortunately is betrothed to uh the drunk uh Aegon. that is Aegon and what you get here is Jace gets fed up with all of the stuff that Aegon's saying to him and slams the table and stands up. And the second he does that, Aemon stands up as well. Like, oh, we're going to go? You're going to go after my brother, bro? Like, I'm the and, one you're going to fight. And what's interesting is all this takes place after the king leaves, which almost is like a foreshadowing of like, as soon as this king is gone, this, this well, shit's this, gonna go this down. This between the two kids happens while the king's still there. And then Jace gives his speech, you know, hey, I toast to everything, and they're going through. Oh, yeah, because then he goes in. Yeah. And, okay, so, yeah. so we're built while the king's there, tensions are building between the children. And so to piss Aemon off even more, or, or not Aemon, to piss off uh, Aegon even more, you get um he stands up and starts dancing with uh Helena, which is his betrothed, his sister. Yeah, Aegon's wife. And then we pan around. And here's the interesting part, and this is where you see Otto like clapping and happy, Alicent laughing with her father, Damon and Rhaenyra laughing and having a good time, Jace having a good or, or Luke having a good time. They're all having this. But there's one that's not, or two that are not. 
And again, it's Aegon and Aemond. And like you said, their mother has spewed this hatred for so long mm-hmm. that they, they're not going to give it up. So we go through this all, and I think the king here is watching all of this. And I truly believe he feels he's done what he needed to do. Yeah, he left, he left that room believing happy everything happy was in line. So they take him out, and as they take him out, that is when Eamon decides he is going to give his toast to everyone. And his toast isn't exactly as nice as all the other ones, is it? He decides to make some strong comments. You like what I did there? Did you see that? Yeah, did you hear that? Which is how Eamon did it. Which is exactly how Eamon did it. He decides to make comments on how strong the boys are. And as we know, their actual father's last name is Strong. Yeah, I like how he lines it up, though, because he calls the three of them out and he says, They're, you're handsome. And he wishes all this. Like, he's saying it in a way that's almost like he, it is a tribute. Uh, yeah, but you can tell he's not saying it as a tribute, yes. and it's Luke and Joffrey, each of them handsome, yeah, wise, and then it's a long and pause. Strong. It goes a long pause, and then he says, "Hmm," and then he says, "Strong," and then Allison's like, "Amen." Shut the. F-. She's basically like trying to like you know the kick under the table at Thanksgiving that you see from yeah. the mom. Like, shut the fuck up. Just well, shut up. And that turns Jace, um to punch Eamon, which is what Eamon wanted. And then you have Luke trying to get up and start, and and Aegon grabs him and slams him down on the table. Again, the kids can't let it go. Her, Allison's he, he, kids he, he can't. pulled a very Damon-like. He did, but it's very interesting. And and his, his Allison gets up and grabs him and pulls him aside and lays basically, what the hell are you doing? And he, and, and, Eamon's response to her is I'm merely expressing how proud I am of my family mother like you taught me this you were the one that said I need to make sure everything's ready you're the one that's been pushing this though it seems my nephews are not as proud of theirs he says right after it because again they're strong boys and this is where you then get the the Damon and where I think you you draw the line that Damon and and and, and Eamon are going to have um very interesting thing. Now there's also something I don't know if you realize that Damon's name and Eamon's name are basically anagrams of each other. Yeah. So it's just it's spelled backwards. Um so that was a really cool choice by George R. R. Martin to make that choice there. And and how these are competing opposites of each other. They 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 are going to end up here. And Jason Luke want to continue the fight, but Damon stands up and basically just puts a finger up. No, no, you're done. We're we're, we're done with this. And stands in front of them and turns around and has this look at 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 Amon, and and it's almost one of those looks of like. I don't want to have to do this. And I know, I know what you're feeling because I was that kid. 
Like, like it's it's almost that like, come on, Eamon. Like, I, I know what you're trying to do. I know your tauntings. I've done this myself, but you're going to lose this fight. I'm not going to let you do this. And and Eamon walks away and, and Damon kind of follows him behind him uh, as as he walks away to make sure things are not Just going to see him out, basically going to keep keep uh, escalating. But then right after that happens, all the kids leave. You have a very sweet, interesting exchange between Alicent and Rhaenyra. And, and, and Rhaenyra is like, I need to get the kids home. Like, obviously, there are still problems here amongst our children that we have not figured out. And I need to get them home. That way we don't have any more of these issues that are going to happen. And Alicent's very much of like, but you just got here. Yeah, Alicent wants like, her friend to I stay. I want my They're- friend back. Yeah. I, I, I believe we're still friends and Rhaenyra basically agrees with her and is like, you know what? Let me get the kids in order back there and I'll come back on, on dragon back. Like I'll just fly back and, and be here with you as the days are numbered of my father. You know, I'll, I'll come back. And I yeah. believe that's a true exchange between them. I think they, they definitely now what's interesting though, had this fight with the kids not happened. I think and we'll pick this up as we end this episode, but I think you, I think the final scene plays out different if that fight with the kids doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, I think it does play out a little bit different. Um, but before we get there, what happens right, right before we move on? So as we're moving on, they have one more scene where, uh, I, I wish I could remember her name, but Damon's, uh, old lover, um, horror basically now seems to be the whatever it is white widow or or the the lady with the little birds that are out there yeah she's Um, in charge of all the whispers yeah the whispers at this time not the uh and basically says it's been quite a night at the castle it seems she says to this hooded cloaked woman and when we turn around we find out it is the lady that brought the tea to Diana and the queen that is in the castle watching all of these things and bringing these secrets back. We can only imagine she probably also knows what just happened in the, the room, uh, the dinner at this point, she probably knows everything. And she's also part of, part of one of the, you know, people that, that may have, uh, helps helped with all the whispers and spill the beans with the whole Damon Rainier thing back in the day. Could could have been, but we we have to imagine and assume here that she's also in high standing with the queen to where the queen is not expecting this woman to be giving away the secrets because she goes to her to get the tea. Right. So so Allison has to have some serious trust in this lady, and we're finding that that trust is not there. It isn't there because she's giving away these secrets and that Alicent uh, doesn't know is happening. So then we move back to Alicent in the room with the king. And here is where I'll let you take this one. I've been I've been talking a lot. I'll let you kind of take what happened well, it, here. It, I want to hear your gets, point of view before I give mine. Yeah. So it gets confusing. And like I said before, at the end of that dinner, as Alicent and uh, Rainier are talking, I truly believe as the night goes on, if the kids didn't fight, if they didn't have that scuffle and Rainier and Damon were, were planned to stay, 
I believe this scene would have Rhaenyra and Alicent in it. I believe that they would both be there, tending to the king, tending to Rhaenyra's father, to Alicent's husband, and as as friends and trying to make sure he's there because I mean he is in bad shape and he's he's got the milk of the poppy and he's doing his thing and he but at this point to, I do believe he needs it <laughs> like no he he totally needs it but the problem is and you brought this up earlier you've got two sons named Aegon and she's sitting on the king's right side which means he doesn't have an eye he starts to talk and he says, but you wanted to know if I believe it to be true. And he's talking about the prophecy again. And he never really answered Rainier earlier completely about the prophecy. And I think here he's answering about the prophecy. Yeah, he's talking about the prophecy. And he Aegon. thinks he thinks he's speaking to Rhaenyra. He does. He doesn't so realize. She says, believe, she, so Allison says, believe what to be true, my king. And he says, don't you remember? And he basically says, he says, Aegon. Now, Alicent doesn't know anything about this prophecy. She's not true Targaryen. She doesn't know this secret that's passed down, down, down and down. So when he says Aegon, her immediate thought is... Her son. Our, our son. Because that's, that's, of course, the king could be talking about their son. And then he talks about his dream, the Song of Ice and Fire, and how he's, he's got a... You know, and she says, she says again... Prince Aegon, question mark. Like, she's, she's like, almost like, I don't, like, it's like she knows that he's not all there, so she's confused. So she's asking again and reiterating, like, are you sure you're talking about the same one? And then he says, you are the one, you must do this. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that he and was it's like, reaffirming, so now, he was supposed to be reaffirming the uh, Rhaenyra that she is the one she is the heir she needs to move forward but Alicent is taking this as you need to make sure Aegon is the one that sits on the throne and is there and does all of this because she doesn't understand the prophecy and he doesn't know who he's talking to at this he, point he truly thinks he's talking to Rhaenyra yeah so from and I feel it sucks so much because you look from Alicent's point of view she does really care about the king. I think. I think all that stuff that Rhaenyra said, how Alicent's treated her father, I think all that was true. Well, I think he's never so been he, cruel to her. No, and he's never been cruel. And when he says this, it's like you could see it in her face. Like, it's almost like, are you kidding me, bro? Are you like, this is what you're putting on me now? And now Alicent's. Go she leaves this kind of with this confused, bewildered face, but she says at the end, "I understand, my king." Like she now thinks she leaves this episode believing that she's now got to force her son, Aegon, to be king because that is what the, the that's king... That's the will of the king. That's what he that's believes the will and of what the he wants. King. And it's like, are you... So the next time she runs into Rhaenyra, it's going to yeah. be back to the way it was. It is. But even, and, but well, even we know, worse. We, we now know... She was playing a game, but now she thinks this is exactly what the king wants. We now know that succession, the Rhaenyra succession is not going to be clean. Because there are, there are conflicting sides to a story that the king ends up screwing up in his final breaths. He's trying to set it all together, and in the final... You know, couple of breasts that he has, he makes it all fall apart. And I think that uh, 
I don't know if he dies, but I do think that that is. No, he dies. He, I mean, he, he's, he, he dies here and, um, and I'll, I'll lay it out there. He dies. The the actor has said he dies in this episode. This is, this is the one that's over with. And I don't know if we'll get flashbacks or anything because you never know what they're going to do in the future because we've been told we're going to get flashbacks to the younger act actors as well through this. But um, he he basically dies with saying no more and my love is the two things that that he goes with. And I think he's just the no more side of it is I just can't take the pain anymore. And when he says my love, I think that is out. That is that is what Viserys ruled with is his actual love for everyone. He didn't he yeah. didn't rule to with an iron fist. He didn't rule for fear. He didn't rule for power. He didn't rule for anything. He ruled for his general love of his family and the people that were around him. And that's what he tried to do. And unfortunately, everyone around him were playing a game and his last couple of breaths and words are now going to set everything on fire. Yeah. Because Alicent is a passionate woman that's going to take this as here is my dying husband's last breath on his deathbed that tells me Aegon needs to move forward and I have to challenge the succession. And it's up to me because he said it. That's what he said. But the king, the queen did not know Rhaenyra was in his chambers asking him the same exact question. And the king didn't know who he was talking to. And I do agree with you. I think they both would have been there. If that fight hadn't happened, they both would be taking care of him and watching over. And Rhaenyra wasn't going to leave her father while he's in that state. You know, she was going to watch over him and be with him until he died. And, And you wouldn't have that confusion. You'd have the confusion probably right when it happened, but they could have at least explained what's going on. And she could have showed him the dagger. Like, like Rhaenyra could show the dagger. He's talking about this. Yes. Like she could give her that insight. That's not going to happen. But now if you don't heat that dagger up, you can't see the inscription. No, you don't know it's there. And that's also something that happened when I actually didn't point it out. But when you say that, when Alicent was trying to stab Rhaenyra in the last episode, one of the things that happens is the daggers up and it's right in front of the fire and Rhaenyra looks at it and sees the prophecy on it. Yep. Right before she lets Alicent stab her. So so Rhaenyra, I don't think was was truly believed until that moment and remembered all the prophecy and things. Is like, do I need to do this? And and her father tells her, doesn't answer her, but then tells Alicent, Yes, you must do this, and it's being taken the wrong way. All right, that was a long one, guys. Thank you for everyone that stood in there for the hour and 40 minutes that we went into this episode. But again, I think it's a it's a definite turning point for the series and uh, how we are going to end this with two more episodes. I can't believe we're down to two episodes. Um, if you would like to get more of our content, you like listening to us ramble on and talk about things, please check out lastchoicenetwork.com where you can get all of uh, James and I's other podcasts along with the podcasts that are part of our network. There are some Ohio sports podcasts, some anime, some horror podcasts that we have. Um, Anything else that you would like to have us talk about, please let us know. 
we I do have a new podcast that's going to be coming out that's I think is just going to be me for a while. Maybe James comes in, I don't know, but on the Winchesters, the new show that is coming out, which is a prequel for the Supernatural show that went 15 seasons that just ended. If you're interested in that, uh, please tune in as I do the same kind of breakdowns on that show as we have here. And what I'm also going to be doing on that one is I'm going to do a rewatch of Supernatural at the same time. So it's going to be Supernatural episodes and uh, the Winchester's episodes as we go through it um, just to fill the gaps of when we don't have anything else to talk about with the Winchester's. Uh, so it's going to be a rewatch of Supernatural along with the new show, The Winchesters. It could be interesting if I do that with you because I've never seen Supernatural. So you would have you would know everything and you would always be you could ask my what my opinion is as we go. Yeah, so I, it's going to the Winchesters is a new it's a prequel one that's going to be right before. Uh, it's basically the story of Sam and Dean's. And if you haven't watched it, you don't know who Sam and Dean are, but the main characters in Supernatural's parents and how they got to where they are um because it, you know in the first episode of that a lot happens and you kind of just pick up the kids uh in their um thing if you don't know what supernatural is it's basically about two brothers that are monster hunters that protect the world from all of the evil that's in it because evil is real and monsters are real and there are people out there that help protect everyone from it um it's a good show if you want to go ahead and do the watch and rewatch, it's it's uh 15 seasons. There's more than enough episodes to watch, and every season's about 20 episodes. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, there was I, I think there was a total of I don't know 15 times 20, like right there. You have that many episodes of of the show. Um, it was it was the WB show, man. I I started watching that show when I was in high school, and it ended uh, in 2020. <laughs> That's how wow. long it went. But and anyway, you're what 40? 45 50 huh me yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about 40 <laughs> at this point I'm, I'm up there with you now anyway thank you this has been last choice tv reviews review of house of the dragon episode eight thank you all for listening have a good night <laughs>